Hello and welcome to Forces Sport with me, Kath Brazier and Julian Evans. We're trying a new tack this week, Jules. This one's on Zoom. <laughs> We're going to try every uh, mode possible to record this podcast, but I um, hope you've had a good week. Have you had a good sporting week? Me? Of course. Always. Good. Um, have you yourself done any sport, Jules? That's the question. No. Okay. No, um, but, but the armchair has a nice warm sort of indentation where I've been glued to screens. I say screens because nowadays it is screens. One, yeah. You can't just have one screen. You have to have like four or five. I feel like Elvis. I just hope I don't have a heart attack on the toilet eating a burger. I really hate that too because I need you for this. I need you to use my oh, thank side. Thank you very kick. much. Well, it's, yeah. look, it's been a big weekend of civilian football as we head towards the end of the season. And likewise, the UK Armed Forces teams have a big couple of months ahead. Both the men and the women have games this coming week. And I've been speaking to the men's head coach, Diffin Pierce about their friendly clash with the Irish Defence Forces. Again, it's an international fixture, um, albeit, you know, the, the perpetual friendship cup, as we call it now. And yeah, we, we were unfortunate last year to, to draw and then go to penalties, which... Hey, it's um, it's always good to have a winner, but you know that that's fire in the bellies there for us now to go there next year, next week, sorry, and and and, and win that back. Now it is advantage Ireland after they beat the UCAF team last October on penalties. Been a lot of that about recently, especially this weekend. The Irish now lead three two in head to heads in these uh, the perpetual friendship trophy. It's now called. But Diffin has every confidence in his squad going into this week's game. It's in our hands to prepare properly, which we always do. Um, and give the boys the opportunity to go and show what they've got. So I'm, I'm not really feeling the pressure at this moment. Maybe in a few <laughs> weeks' time it will be. On the day, really, I think, you know, when I played myself, I used to get really nervous, but I don't think I've got the same level of pressure as a coach because, you know, you trust the players to go out and do what you've asked them to do. So, so yeah, that coming up for you today. So do stay tuned so you can hear the rest of um, Diffin Pierce's interview. But let's not forget uh, the UCAF women have their first competitive fixture for a long while against the Netherlands. And that's on Tuesday at Havant and Waterlooville. And we will, of course, Jules, be covering that live on the Forces News Facebook site. So just a quick look back at what happened last week in the Forces world of sport. Um it was the Army Boxing Finals last week. Three para are the 2022 Army Inter-Unit Boxing Champions, retaining the title they won in 2019. It's the 10th time they've been crowned Army Champions in the 93 times the event has taken place since 1920. They beat the first Fusiliers in a thrilling night, five bouts to four. Now, for anyone who was watching on Thursday evening, you may have noticed a lack of commentary for the first hour or so. Well, sadly, John Knighton was stuck on the M40 for a couple of hours. But when he finally made it to Aldershot, he spoke to the winning team captain, Liam Lindsay. The outcome hinged on the final bout of the night, which involved Liam at super heavyweight. And he won by a unanimous judge's vote over Carl Spencer of the Fusiliers. Yeah, uh, I felt that pressure. Like, because it's not just on yourself. Like, you know, if it was an individual title, like, no pressure. Like, it's, it's on me at the end of the day. But it's, it's like your regiment, your battalion, like your teammates as well that you've trained with. And then obviously added pressure of captain. They, they got to lead the way. So, yeah. Like the advice in the corner was just, we love you, go out there and be a paratrooper. Paid off. To Rugby Union now, and it was the Army final last week. Jules, you were at that game on Wednesday. Do you know what? You know, last week we were promised by the weathermen a heat wave. Oh, yes. It didn't materialise. So on Wednesday, in the pouring rain, one Yorks <laughs> had to battle 
not just the elements, but their rivals as well. So one Yorks were crowned the Army Rugby Champions. They beat 12 Regiment Royal Artillery, 19 points to 17 in that final, which was held at all the shot. Fly half, Matt Smart, he had a good game. He contributed with 14 points from the boot as the Catrick-based side claimed victory. Now, I spoke to the victorious skipper, Ryan Leck, afterwards, and he really enjoyed the occasion, having featured in seven, seven previous finals. I must say, not all of them with one Yorks, but he's been in seven previous finals, never having won before, and he said it was fantastic for him to win at last. Uh, if I'm honest, it's in the last 10 minutes. Um, absolutely 12 RA were camped in our half. And we'd seen earlier in the game what their pack were managing to do with their maul. Um, so if I'm honest, heart was absolutely in my mouth. I didn't know how long we had left on the clock. Um, and as soon as we managed to get that turnover, having just had uh, a man sent off for 10 minutes, um, that's when I knew. I was like, game, this is our game, momentum swing. Your pack were up against some of the stars of Army Rugby, so you always knew it was going to be a tough test. Yeah, absolutely. But I think testament to the boys. Uh, they're very much up for it. I think we've got a lot of lads there who, due to sort of exercise commitments, maybe didn't um, get the chances that they should have done earlier in the season. And they absolutely put their all out there today. Well, Jules, um, you said about the weather on Wednesday. I think if there was a heat wave, we saw a glimpse of it on Thursday. I was at the RAF football final at Oxford City and um, it was between RAF Cosford and RAF Marham. And it was a beautiful sunny day. So I think it was a complete flip from what happened on um on Wednesday, of course, and we had a beautiful day on Saturday as well for the men's FA Cup final at Wembley. But we, we can't, we'll come on to that in a minute. It was a tight game at Oxford City, but a hat trick from Jake Gosling was the difference between the two sides as the men in Claret Red went on to win 3 0. Afterwards, I spoke to the Cosford captain, Alex O'Rourke. We worked hard in training uh, on Monday. We, we wanted to basically set up as a 4 3 3. We knew Oxford City was a big pitch. We knew we were going to be doing some miles today in the legs. Uh, but our game plan worked today and it was just getting to the top three, uh, the front three, uh, to Goz uh, and Niall. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm incredibly proud, yeah, and it's a, it's a good feeling now to get back on the bus and with the trophy. Now, Jules, I commentated on that game on Wednesday, um, sorry, on Thursday, and I've been accused of talking too much about Jake Gosling, a bit like a fangirl, but I think that the point is, is that Jake's one of the sort of few UCAF players who I knew who was playing that day. And we'd already talked about what Hastari was and how he was a little bit of a class above the rest. And then he goes and scores a hat-trick. So you can't not well, then yeah. talk about him. <laughs> un un unavoidable, really, isn't it? I mean, he is hot stuff. And he was, you know, he really does make a difference to any team that he plays in. He really does. And do you know what? I've seen him play quite a few times, but I don't think I've ever seen him play as well as he, as he did at that course of final obviously when he when he gets to UCAF he'll be he'll be out in Dublin this week and um, also hopefully you know if he doesn't get injured playing in the Kentish Cup race this year so plenty to see from the ex-Gibraltar international um, cricket we finally find ourselves at that weird time of year when winter and summer sports overlap and the weather's very telling in that so the cricket season is already underway Jules you went along to the army cricket ground on Thursday for the Intercore T20 is that right? It is, yeah. The first major silverware of the season has been won. A slightly rain-interrupted Army Intercore T20 Championship took place last week. It was over three days and at three venues, including Lark Hill, Tidworth, with those concluding games happening at Aldershot. And in the final, the RLC came out on top after they beat the AGC by seven wickets to claim the trophy. Batting first, the AGC made... I must say, a rather paltry 82 from their mm, 20 yeah. overs. Desmond Plummer took four wickets 
for 13 from just 2.4 overs, which is pretty cool for him. And the experienced Yuri Hill returned figures of three for 18 in reply, despite the AGC taking three quick RLC wickets, the batting side that, that were batting second easily reached the target. Alex Tuck, I think he made about 36 from 27 balls and Denson Narayan made a runnable 25. But afterwards, I spoke to the delighted RLC skipper, Charles Bevan, who told me it was great to get back to winning ways after a stuttering season last year. We're really, really happy to win today. I mean, obviously, last year was a tricky season for us. We didn't win the silverware that we sort of have come to expect over the last couple of years. So it's really nice to get a victory on the board early. Does this set you up nicely now for the rest of the summer? Yeah, I hope so. Um, we've got a really big squad. There's a really good buzz around the squad. Uh, everyone seems happy, full of energy, uh, and there's good ethos. So I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to the rest of the summer now. Yeah, so, I mean, he talks about the rest of the summer there, Jules. Uh, it does. It is weird, isn't it, this time of year when um, the cricket sometimes starts in the snow and you're doing rugby finals and football finals in, well, in bright sunshine. <laughs> yeah, the caveat here is that normally those army rugby finals take place in march and april it's just ah. that this year they sort of had a little bit of a tinker they were trying to sort of enable the red shirt the army shirt they wanted all their best players available for the inter-services championships but i think next year next season they're going to revert back so those intercore and major unit finals will happen sort of march april time so that's the only reason we've got a little bit more overlap this year but yeah football season normally sort of culminates now may and cricket has already started, hasn't it? So yeah, there's a little it, bit of crossover. I mean, I, I no wonder I'm confused because I'm confused at the best of times. But yeah, we're still, aren't we? We're still sort of finding our feet after um, a couple of years of, of a lockdown where things have been shunted slightly. But it throws well, you're me... Gonna be you're going to be disappointed that Jake Gosling doesn't play cricket. I'll fangirl over someone else in the cricket, don't worry. Um, yeah. But it's. Um, I always find it a bit disturbing that August, the Premier League starts it up again and you sort of think, crikey, you know, one tiny little breath and, and the football starts again. But yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about um, international and national football in a bit. BFBS, the Forces Station. This is Forces Sport. Thank you for listening. I'm Kath Brazier and I'm here with Julian Evans. This week, our guest is Diffin Pierce. He took over as the UK Armed Forces men's head coach in March 2020. It followed the team's historic fourth successive Kentish Cup title, a three-way a three annual tournament between UK, French and Dutch forces. It preceded, however, a global pandemic and lockdown, which means under his two-year tenure, the men have only played four matches. Different talks to us here at Forces Sport about the competitive summer ahead, the challenges he faces and his drive for the team to adopt the UCAF culture and ethos for success. He starts off by reflecting on the last couple of years. Yeah, it has been strange. I mean, never really expected it. I was since earlier on. It was like, I think it was the 6th of March that I got appointed. And then two weeks later, you know, COVID hit and everything just shut down. And then you know, everyone's good intentions. We obviously planned to play that year in September, which then got turned off. And then mm. the following year, the same again. Hence why we're now in a position where we're playing the Kentish in, what, just over six weeks, six maybe? Weeks, yeah. So they moved it further forward for the schedule to get it at some sort of a summer tournament um just to avoid that autumn sort of spike that we've had last year so yeah it, it's it's been a strange we've only played four games um there's not been a great event in services you know to watch either and that was that was great this year to just go out and watch the players and 
select a few, you know, more players ready for the for the next couple of games. Obviously, the Irish next week and the Kentish in six weeks, which we can't wait for. So, how does it change? I know that, um, say, Nick, for example, your your immediate predecessor was it was in the role for sort of four years, but mm. he had a lot of football in that time. Um, explain to me how that works. You know, how long is your contract, so mm. to speak? Do you have a a shelf life or you know do you see because of the situation we've been in will your time with UCAF be able to be extended what's the deal with that we never really discussed it to be honest with you um I think over the years most sort of uh, coaching positions tends to be sort of three years in the military but again we've not spoke about it mm. I think it's been a it's been a strange two years and what we do need now is an element of sort of continuity moving forward I guess um I don't know, next six weeks will be interesting, wouldn't it? As in, I, you know, successful. And uh, we move on to, to September, we'll have a couple of games at the back end of the year, that's the plan. And then next year, it'll be interesting, having, we haven't spoken to the, the Netherlands or the, uh, the French forces yet, but what does the competition look like next year? You know, do we still stay in June or do we go to the back end? That'll obviously affect our programme, but we've also got the Bundeswehr coming mm -hmm. into that programme, um, which is really, you know, great for us and for the players to, to be able to perform at international level and that's the key. So as I said before, it's always about the players, about giving them the opportunity to play a, another platform really. So yeah, we haven't really discussed the contract, so um, yeah. We'll <laughs> I didn't want to put you under no. pressure, but do you, do you feel that kind of pressure that, no. you know, you've got, um, you know, to perform and mm. to, to get the results that you as an assistant coach with Nick and, mm. you know, UCAF have done so well recently and, and historically, really. Mm. Do you feel that pressure as well as, as the coach? Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, you, we, you're in this position because you want to go and win games. That's, that's what it's all about. When we have been so successful over the last, it's what, 2016, you know, three, three Kentish Cup wins, um, albeit one or two cancellations in amongst it. Um, some really great fixtures against the Irish and some really good non-league and university sides that we played. So we've had a real good sort of six years, really, including the last two years. We've, we've had some good games the last couple of years and we've, we've got out of them what we needed. Um, but ultimately, it's about winning the, the competition that we, we want to go and win, which is the Kentish Cup. So that, that's, that's the key thing this year. I don't really feel... Obviously, the pressure's always there, mm. but you've all, you know, it's, it's in our hands to prepare properly, which we always do, um, and give the boys the opportunity to go and show what they've got. So I'm, I'm not really feeling the pressure at this moment. Maybe in a few weeks' time, <laughs> it will be. On the day, really, I think, you know, uh, when I played myself, I used to get really nervous, but I don't think I've got the same level of pressure as a coach because, you know, you trust the players to go out and do what you've asked them to do, so... One huge advantage is, of course, that you were an integral part of um, Nick's setup, um, and I'm sure you learnt a lot in that role. Um, but for someone who's such a big character, mm. but you're actually quite different to Nick, mm. have you felt that? And I haven't asked you this before, even on a personal level, but have you felt in any way that you're? I think you're doing things differently, and you're doing things your own way, which mm. is which is the way it should be. But have you ever felt that pressure? Because he was. Some people call him a maverick. Some people, mm. you know, he's a he's a massive character. Yeah. Did you ever feel that pressure of taking over that that role? And even though you were such a massive part of of his job as well, it's always a difficult one, isn't it? You see it in in every levels of the game, really, not just at our level. But yeah, of course, you know, I think we've been so successful. I think what, what am I putting myself in for here? But yeah, the setup hasn't changed. You know, when we we me and Nick sort of came into the fold back in 2014, that's the first thing. You know, his drive, having been with the Air Force previously, was to 
make that environment, the atmosphere, as best as it can be for those players to come and want to play for UK Armed Forces football. And that's continued. So we've obviously got some fresh faces coming in and they're seeing the benefits of that, especially now as we build into the Kentish Cup. But yeah, it's always, you know, he's, he's a big character. We are different, 100% we are. But um, I've learned, you know, I'm really grateful for the opportunity I was given by him. And um, I've learned so much over the last sort of six years. Um, you know, we still speak daily. So it's, um, it's constantly... Uh, Constantly learning in this game, you know, every day is a school day in, in this job. So, yeah, it's brilliant that you know you've maintained such a good friendship as well, mm. and that that environment that you talk about. I mean, even extends to the point, you know, with us being in, with BFBS being involved, with the commentators we get in, um, you know, the people who come in, you know, for, for just one game. You're very sort of clear about the team perspective and mm. what the team want the team ethos and that we all buy into that and that's important to you yeah and of course yeah you know it's about behaviors and attitudes and taking responsibility and being you know i think we've got some amazing we've had some amazing footballers over the last sort of six years and we've also got some new players coming to the squad and it's just making sure that they understand what the culture is what the environment is all about and it's you know three teams as one as we've always called it but Ultimately, they're representing themselves, they're representing the single services, but, you know, they're representing the country um, on behalf. You know, there's so many other players that would want to be part of that setup. So it's important that they come in and understand what the, our core values are. And um, again, we haven't had a great deal of time. You know, we've, we've had pockets of two to three days. When we come into the Kentish Cup now, we'll have a week's training camp leading into that. So that's going to be a really intense sort of 10 days. But, you know, we'll be relaxed at the same time, so they get downtime as well. But... No, it's um, yeah, it's um, it's a great setup. It's an it's an unbelievable setup, and you can't you know, the key thing is for me is, you know, we've had a great relationship with BFBS and RF News, and um, a number of fantastic people have been supporting us over the last few years, and hopefully that will continue. Whoever's in this seat, you know, I think that's 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 a given really, and uh, you know the the live commentary and, and the games. You know, in order for families to see those games because they can't often get to games, so that's also a great, a great opportunity for for the place. You know, they they love being watching the game back and stuff as well. So we're really grateful for the support we get from you guys. Now the um, the artist, I, I I know it was already a rivalry, but um, they seem to be. You seem to have found a team in the Irish Defence Forces with a similar sort of ethos, similar sort of setup um, in terms of their management as well. Um, Obviously, the last game we did in Dublin was in 2019, and that was a 2-1 win, wasn't it, for, for UK Armed Forces? Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, and then the Irish came back last summer and um, came to have an at Waterlooville and won on penalties. I mean, that whole decision was all a, a bit strange for us yeah. on the day, um, but a great rivalry to have. How much are you looking forward to reigniting that again in Dublin? Yeah, of course. It, you know, they, Again, it's an international fixture. Um, albeit you know the the perpetual friendship cup as we call it now and yeah we we were unfortunate last year to to draw and then go to penalties which hey it's um it's always good to have a winner but you know that that's fire in the belly's there for us now to go there next year next week sorry and and and, and win that back um we've had a great three four five fixtures against them over the last sort of six years with UCAF. um we've all been tight games sometimes difficult with the personnel we've got available to go out and just making sure that we, you know, we stay in the game and etc. But we've had some great successes. I think we're, I think it's two, two wins each now. I think we played four times. Um, 
but no, great, great, great fixture, great rivalry, great friendship, and um, yeah, we're look, really looking forward to go out there. And you know, we that started the Irish Defence Force games started with the Air Force quite a few years ago, and having played in those games, you know, they're they're a tough side. They're, you know, they're with both both teams are as passionate as each other to go and win those games and you know it's our last fixture before the Kentish mm. so it's a key one for us uh, we've only had Loughborough a few weeks ago um, and we've got a few other faces available for next week so um, but ultimately going there to win um, but with a view to get a good performance ready for Kentish Cup in a few weeks. And the Kentish Cup is it still the 100th Kentish Cup isn't it we've sort of delayed obviously yeah. it's been delayed so yeah. are we still celebrating it as it the 100th this summer? It is the 100th year and we are treating it as an anniversary so um yeah, look, really looking forward to host that. So um, the week of the 20th, so we will play the Netherlands on the Monday, mm-hmm. uh, 7 o'clock, uh, 1900 kickoff at Havens and Waterlooville. And then obviously the French will play the Netherlands on the Wednesday, uh, similar time on the Wednesday, uh, 22nd of June. And then the, the last game then will be us against the French on Friday. Um, so yeah, yeah, good. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, you know, we'll be in a position to win it. And so. So, yeah, great to talk to Diffan um, Pierce, of course. And I think he's just raring to go, Jules, after such a, a long layoff and kind of prove himself as well, because, um, you know, he wants to prove that he's just as good and that the UCAF team under him are, are just as good. But he actually he made a mistake in that interview, as I, I mentioned earlier, that the UCAF team have actually played five game, games against the Irish Defence Forces. And like I said, it's currently Advantage Island. They're three to up head to head. So it'd be good to see the UCAF boys win again in Dublin. Um, it's always a tight game. Always a tight is game. It always, is it always home and away? Is it, does it work like that? Home and away? Yeah, exactly. And I think that they've called it the annual perpetual friendship trophy. I don't know what's friendly about it, but um, they are two well, very, very sort of like-minded and well-matched teams, I would say. That's quite interesting, isn't it? I thought that we would edge it. I thought that the uh, UK Armed Forces team might edge it. Well, just, I, just I think we, do you remember we went to the one of the, I think it was either the first or second game they played at St George's Park and the Irish went two games up. Um, very early on as in they won the first two and then UCAF came back and won the next two so whether that's a sign of you know now that the Irish have, have, have won again and and they drew they actually drew in October um, two all after normal time and then in, they didn't go to extra time they decided to just go to straight to penalties and the Irish edged that one so Yes, of course, it's still a win for the Irish, but um, and a very ecstatic win but by all accounts. But, you know, normal time, they did draw, which is why I say they're such a well-matched side. Um, of course, the Irish would argue that they're, they're a much smaller force, which is true. Um, yeah. UCAF have a lot more personnel to pick from. But, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Um, we will I be... Think I, might, I think I might have seen their inaugural contest. Or did I see a different contest? Was it the Irish Defence Forces against the RAF? But it was held at Wembley. Yes, you you did. So that's where the relationship started. The IDF started playing against the RAF and hence the the link with Nick DeLong, who was Diffan's predecessor and Diffan himself. So, yes, the RAF had also been out to Dublin to play um, a couple of times as well. But what happened is when they took over the UCAF role, they continued this IDF um, relationship. And I think that's probably as it should be because, um, you know, Irish Defence Forces against UK Armed Forces. So um, that's, yeah, that's the way it's worked out. And yeah, it should be a good game. That's going to be live on our Forces News Facebook this coming Wednesday afternoon. Uh, Well, talking of Wembley, and and did did you say that that tournament between the two teams was called the Perpetual Cup? 
Perpetual friendship trophy, yes. Perpetual friendship trophy. Because it feels like perpetual penalties have been taking <laughs> yes. place at Wembley between Liverpool and Chelsea. You just, you just know, don't you? You just know. Yeah, so this, the second time this season, the Reds won a major domestic honour at Wembley by a penalty shootout after 120 minutes of goalless football against Chelsea, keeping their quadruple dreams alive. And I'm sure, Jules, as a Red supporter, you were ecstatic, although I find penalties incredibly difficult. It doesn't matter who's taking them. I just, I, It's just too much for me to watch. Oh, yeah, I was doing a James Milner. Well, not quite a James <laughs> Milner. I wasn't facing the other way, but I was watching it from behind the sofa. But when you say goalless, you see that that makes the game sound a bit dull. But it, but wasn't. it wasn't. No, of it course wasn't, it wasn't. No, it was loads. And, I, you know, your heart goes out to Chelsea fans for and, and oh, obviously the Chelsea players, because it all just comes down to that one moment mm. that that one of your players misses. And of course, it, it was Mason Mount on this occasion. So heartbreak for him. Yeah. Uh, but, the, but there is a Greek god in the Liverpool ranks, old Simikas. Simakas, yeah. yeah, smashed yeah. home the deciding spot kit. And um, just to bring it back to sort of forces related stuff, Jules, at both the FA Cup finals, of course, Chelsea beating Man City in the women's FA Cup final, also at Wembley, we had um, UK Armed Forces and sort of military football personnel yes. presenting yes. the cut from did each I, service. Did I, yeah. did I see Michael Campbell? You did, did. Michael, Michael Campbell, yeah. Danny Kerr and Joe, and also the former army coach, Joe Collins, were there to present. Was JC there as well? Yeah, I, didn't see J- there. I didn't see JC. I did and see Michael Campbell. I still can't get over the RAF with beards, though. That always throws yeah, me. Yeah, that did throw me because he had the hat on. I was like, I can't can't quite. But um, yeah, so yeah. obviously Danny Kerr um, and uh, Michael Campbell involved this summer as well. And the same with the Women's FA Cup final. Um, there were three um, representative footballers there presenting. And I think they've, I, with the men's, I think they picked Liverpool fans. I don't know if they did the same with the women, but... Um, Not entirely sure. I mean, how would they know which way it was going to go? Before, before that's true that's true that's true yeah, but, um uh, well, well done to Chelsea in, in the women's FA Cup yeah another win for Emma Hayes I think that's her 13th title or something that's, like that four FA Cups <laughs> it's just a satisfactory double for them and Sam Kerr at the double as well oh uh, I, I would have put money if I was a betting woman I would have put money on Sam Kerr to to a, a score at least once but yeah making well, um, I don't think it was the goal of the match though I think Aaron Cup no Blasted home and um, Hayley Rasso's goal for Man City was de- decent. As no, well. again, another amazing game at Wembley. And of course, um, record attendance at a um, women's, I don't know if it was an FA Cup match or just generally, but um, yeah, again, a great crowd at, um, at Wembley for that one. Another sad day for Australia, Jules. Um, and I yeah. hate having to say this mm. within you know the space of two months of losing Shane Warne. They've um, also lost Andrew Simmons, died in a car crash. Um I remember so much about him, but he was one of the Mm. really early big hitters, wasn't he? Sort of absolute mammoth of a man, sort of Chris Gale type size and just absolutely booted everything for for boundaries. Um, Unfortunately, T20 came a little bit towards the end of his career. And I remember him playing for Surrey and absolutely blasting the ball. I think they were playing Kent. And um, yeah, he, he he sort of did a one man demolition job over the Kent bowlers. And, and, and then, of course, you know, picked off the batsman with his bowling as well. But what a guy. I, I know he sort of had his uh, had his issues, liked mm-hmm. to go fishing, didn't really like hierarchy that much. But you know, a real legend of Australian cricket. And as you say, you know, a huge blow off the back of already losing Shane Warne and Rod Marsh. Rod Marsh. As well. Yes, of course. Yeah. yeah. And, and at, at, at this moment, we don't know what's happening. With Graham Thorpe, so you know, thoughts, oh, absolutely yes. I mean, that it's Thorpe gone quite quiet on that, hasn't it? But England he was and, and sorry, legend as well. Yeah, well, thoughts with you know 
both both of their families at, at such an awful time. But um, yeah, Graham Thorpe definitely one of my all time favourite players um, in the game from from all all formats. And you know, I'm glad to see that he was still involved with England. Um, but looking ahead, Jules, as we've mentioned already, two UK Armed Forces football games this week coming up um, Tuesday morning for the women versus the Dutch forces at Havant and Waterlooville. And Wednesday afternoon, we'll be live from Dublin to see the UK Armed Forces men reignite their rivalry with the Irish Defence Forces in the aforementioned Perpetual Friendship Trophy. Now, there are plenty of ways for you to re- revisit all the Forces Sport podcasts at bfbs.com slash podcasts or on Apple, Spotify or wherever it is you get your podcast. If you'd like to see and hear more from our amazing range of military athletes, then have a look back at all the chats with our guests on the BFBS Sports Show YouTube channel. And of course, there's also our website, forces.net, for the latest results and action. Plus, keep an eye on BFBS Sport and Forces News across Twitter, Instagram and Facebook, just so you don't miss a minute of action. That is it from another week of Forces Sport. I'm off to Dublin. Jules, um, will you be, be sure, around? To be, sure. <laughs> to be sure, will you be around the Aldershot area this week? What What are your plans this week? Yes, it's the Intercore Rugby final. Excellent. Intercore Rugby final. So I shall be I shall be that way. I hope. And that I way. Haven't seen, the, haven't seen the forecast, but if they <laughs> promise a heat wave, I know it's going to rain. Well, look, um, for all of you who are listening out there, either go to these games or do have a think while um, you're watching these games, whether you know of anyone who's got an interesting story and think deserves the Forces Sport spotlight, do let us know. You can email us at forcesport at bfbs.com. That's it for another week. Thank you for listening. We'll see you soon.